I've killed Andrew off. I've taken over Class 1A. Dylan is now my direct subordinate. And uh, yeah, this is this is how things are run over here, uh, the Class 1A podcast. What's going on, guys? Uh, no, Andrew's just out this week. Uh, so it's going to be myself and Dylan, the Degenerate Duo. We're back in action. And I think this is an especially good episode for us to take over. Um, we are touching on A Young Woman's Declaration, the penultimate episode of this season, second to last. It's... Uh, it hit the, I'd say it hit the, the, the heartstrings a little bit this episode. Wouldn't you say, Dylan? Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to admit something. I woke up this morning. Um, mm-hmm. it was a little bit close to when we ever we were going to record. And so I was watching it on my phone and in the morning I usually get a bagel and I get coffee and stuff. Uh, and I'm making all that stuff downstairs. I'm watching it. I'm like eating a bagel and I'm like yeah. actually like crying. I was really emotional <laughs> during that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good episode. It was. It was a really good episode, and like I mean, with a with a season that has been so so action packed, um, an episode like this to hit as hard as it did. I mean, really coming off like back to back again, another like a very emotionally draining episode as well. Not like not draining in a negative sense, but it does it does like you get emotionally invested in the episode, right? So these ones from one to like like following one after another, um, you know, uh, I think I was a little worried to see how that would kind of translate over into animation but i mean obviously if it's like i mean one shout out to you for eating breakfast uh two the fact that it's like yeah it's hitting us this hard i think it's a great thing that's that, that's huge like i mean this just adds to the success of this season yeah i i totally agree and i only eat breakfast because otherwise my tummy hurts if i don't but it it is just such a special special like i don't know, season i think like there's something in the air with this this season i, I like i don't know if it's because last season was like uh, kind of like mid yeah but like there's something in the air james and it's good yeah it's just it right and i mean as we we frequently discuss on the podcast as well is that uh the, the, this is the beginning of the end sort of thing this is the beginning of the end arc right um so i think that's really what is a, an additional like captivating factor for this uh for this season so but yeah once again we get another delivering episode um we very much moved away from like the play-by-play of how uh, each episode is run i'm gonna kind of really follow suit in kind of what andrew does and we're just kind of really talk over some uh some some smaller points and some bigger points and kind of go into discussion of those um the first couple things we want to really get into is one we didn't talk we totally glazed over it last episode we just didn't even notice is we had a 13 face reveal yeah we had a 13 she's yeah. cute we saw her face nice. she's cute 13's a rocket, which is, yeah, I mean, like a bit of a space pun, but like, I mean, yeah, like. I know, I, I do have a question though. <laughs> yeah. No one actually thought a person was going to be under there, right? So this is, this is the biggest thing that like fucked me up with this is that when 13 was injured in like season one, um, like, like, uh, was it a Kirigiri like caused her to use her power on herself and it actually like ripped the back of her suit out and the suit appeared hollow. Yeah. It was just black, right? So you were like, oh, shit. Like, like, what is going on here? Is this just like, is this a sentient spacesuit? Like, what's the deal, right? Uh, and I maybe, I don't know. Is this a detail that Horikoshi may have forgotten? I feel like he doesn't usually no. forget this shit. No, so, I, like, I don't think he forgot it. So what I do think is I still kind of imagine, like, 13's, like, big power is still that she has, like, a black hole, like, so, somewhere a part of her body. Oh, and that, okay. That's what I always assumed. I thought that, like... What the reason for her suit wasn't that she was just like this empty like like sentient spacesuit, but instead like yeah. like a container for a black hole, and that's why everything gets sucked up in it. So like I think that there's probably parts of her that are still person, 
person um, yeah or it's either that or she can do something with her body to kind of make it a black hole and maybe it's like an on off thing oh it might be just like when she activates her power kind of thing or it, something it, like that. Yeah. yeah it very much could be but so we we know that at least her head is people human people. human people cute we know that yeah. so far but I, yeah. I can't believe we, we we skipped over that detail last time. We just yeah, we just we just totally ignored it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a big thing we wanted to touch on. Like, it was just like holy shit, we we missed that, right? Yeah. So um, we yeah. So a, a a bunch of things that really like um that kind of happened this episode, and they were really all around the really like w the the safeguarding of Deku and whether or not he was going to be allowed basically into UA, right? Um, you know, Principal Nezo. Nezu, right? Nezu. Yeah, Nezu, yeah, yeah. Re like, did not interfere in any of this, which I find is kind mm -hmm. of, like, weird as an administrator. But, like, yeah, he just kind of, like, let this whole thing play out. Um, so how do you want to do this? You want to talk about really, like, the like, chronological way of doing things, like, with Ochako's speech and everything like that? And I, then kind of the, the follow-up? I think we should just go into some of the quick bits, and then we, we have, like, two really big things afterwards, because there's, like, a bunch of small things I think we can talk about um, yeah, that I want to sure. wrap up. Like, the big one, uh, or not the big one, the the, sm the, the big small one uh, is go. there's this guy that always appears on, on TV. James and I can't figure out what he's called, but he's the, the guy on TV with the scary face. You know what I'm talking about. He showed up in this episode. I think he was in the first episode, and he appears, like, every once in a while. Essentially, what he is there for I think he's a reference to some Japanese media. I'm not sure. But at least, like, in my hero context, we see his face a lot whenever they're doing um, anti-hero sentiment. Um, I think at the very beginning, we heard him talking, like, very lightly about, like, oh, hero society and heroes, blah, 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 blah. And that was just the first episode. It was supposed to be, like, a background plant in the mm -hmm. seeds. But we see his face appear quite often. And I think, for us, his face is so recognizable. Um, and I think that's just why. Because, like, they just want us to get that quick recognition of, like, hey... They're talking about anti-hero stuff in the background. Yeah. Uh, and it's to show us, I think, the populist view that is slowly growing that heroes are bad uh, mm -hmm. in this society. And and that was like a quick thing that showed up. And we noticed it and we just like wanted to point it out. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It was it was just like because I'm pretty, he only appears on the phone and that's really about it. Right. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, yeah, so he's like just a talking head he's just a talking head exactly right so yeah and yeah and that's just it he does represent that that opposing media factor right that there is like like you know the the story is being spun in a variety of different ways and he represents really the like the anti-hero society one yeah um we we, we also kind of got like a like a quick little like not even a quick snip but like a like a reference back to a character who appeared in the very first episode as well mm -hmm. um who also doesn't have a name he's just a a character who i i guess kind of uh like rep like rec uh represents the the population's uh op opposition to that right like who is kind of like a you know a very like not super for the heroes but you know supposed to represent i think that other side of the coin right yeah um and the final thing we, uh yeah as far as like the quick references that we want to get over is that ua is a terran base fort like like it is the command center that it can actually get up and just peace out if it wants to yeah, just super defense fortress, Macross UA over here, just, like, the, the way, like, okay, very, okay, one, obviously Chekhov's y y giant base, right? Like, obviously this is going to come into play, um, but this is exactly what I want Nezu to do. Like, when I think about Nezu, I always think about not someone who is down there, like, talking heart-to-heart -heart with people, even though he mm -hmm. can do that. I see him as his quirk, which is that high level mastermind thinking 
So we saw yeah. him whenever he was going against the students, right? He was, you know, using the crane or whatever, and it showed that he was able to think, you know, 18 steps ahead. This yeah. is that. This is that quirk used in action here of him looking at the situation and going, I am going to set this school and, like, I guess other schools, maybe not schools, because he was a little bit vague on if all of them were schools, um, yeah. but other places to connect and, like, think 18 steps ahead of, like, okay, Toga can't get in here because of this. I I just felt that Shigaraki's quirk will evolve, which normally I'd be like, that's Horikoshi pulling stuff out of his ass, but it is Nezu, so, like, eh, I'll let you get that one. Yeah, like, exactly, right? It's cool. It's it is cool, and like, because I think that is a very difficult quirk to uh, to really like sh display when it's yes. in action, right? Yes. It is. It is. It's very one of those like, like meta things, and it, like kind of like you said, it is so quick to be like, okay, you're just like handing this character things because that's his quirk, you know what I mean? But it's the line of thinking and how it's displayed mm -hmm. really shows how that quirk works, and I think that's sick. I think this is like this is peak Nezu, and it really, um, yeah, it really lends to his character on how. And how intelligent he really is, right? So, mm -hmm. it's yeah, no, that's that's dope. Like I'm so like yeah, it, it, it is Chekhov's moving base. Like you can't just say it and then it not happen. So I'm pumped yeah. for whatever the fuck that happens, right? Like, yeah, and the mention of like Shiketsu High too. It's like okay, well you get to see them. I like yeah. like I please bring them over to UA or I guess maybe we go over to Shiketsu or I I, I don't know, but like I want to see them again. I like them. Shiketsu characters are sick. Like, yeah. I mean, I like, like Dylan and Andrew both know this, that like, I'm a huge Anasa fan. Like Anasa is one of my favorite characters and he's in the series so sparingly. Right. So if we ever get him back, like I'm just going to, I'm going to be over the moon right now. So I want the meat uh, guy. I want the meatball guy. <laughs> the meatball guy. Yeah. He's uh, he's weird, man. He's like, but he's like, again, like it's, it is, it's cool to see quirks like and I know I'm going down a bit of a rabbit hole, but it is cool to see quirks not always be flashy or pretty. You know yep. what I mean? Like like there's some ugly quirks out there and his is one of them. And he he does not give a shit about it. Like he like he just makes it work for him. Mm -hmm. So uh, but no, we are going to get into really the the meat and potatoes of this episode, like what it's named after Young Woman's Declaration. And that is Ochako's speech. Um, it. It was rousing, right? Like, I mean, oh, I think yeah. this is another huge credit to the VA of Ochako, who really just like drives this home. It really, it really like hits you. You can you can hear the emotion in her voice when she's when she's acting this out, and I think that is like one of the big big things to that really makes this as effective as the scene as it is. Yeah, this is really a moment of where. Uh, we, we we were talking a little bit before this about how this was executed in the manga and how was it executed in the anime. And I think a lot of like really emotional speeches have to be written incredibly well um, for them mm -hmm. to hit in manga, um, which I did like the speech. I thought it was good. But the it, the voice acting really sold it for me. It like threw it over the top. It's the one that like brought me to tears because it was really good. And the thing I thought was next to level about it is not only that, but like, you can also tell that the teachers, like, I don't want to say know what they're doing, but they also kind of know what they're doing, and they're letting the kids kind of, like, take action here because they know they're the ones that actually have to take the action here. They can't do the things. So, like, the little nuances of, like, Genus being, like, you know, hey, it's, it's not our time to talk, right? Or, like, yeah. or even, like, um, uh, Ida being, like, or, like, hey, it's not our time to go forward yet. Like, yeah. like, like, those, like, subtle nuances of, like, kind of understanding who's supposed to talk when and, like, who should, like, step up at certain times. And then, like, that perfect mixing at the end of where they all just, like, kind of surround Deku. Like, 
it, just, it was just so well done. It's just, yeah, it gets so well. And, and like, and really, I think, like, it, it didn't hit me nearly as much when I read it as when I heard it. But, like, a a uh, a person with special powers is not made, it, like, isn't always a special person, right? Like, that, that, like, line there, and I know I'm doing a gross injustice just kind of, like, reiterating it. But, like, like, that that hits right that really does hit um and yeah like because again once reading it like this is this is following like a massive like bakugo moment and stuff like that too right yeah. so and i think that's really what happened when we read it is that it got overshadowed by that so fast um but this is like in in the, in the anime this is such like its own episode it's it's its own moment and it feels so it feels so good and then like you do get this like i mean you get this incredible domino effect after after uh, after ochako talks right like i mean yeah. you you get our our guy from like the very first episode who's made like choice appearances and stuff like that we get the giant squirrel raccoon i don't i don't know i, I, don't, I don't know i, don't I, know I fox. See, uh, fox dolphin like i don't i don't know yeah. uh what the normal what, what, what ordinary girl ordinary girl ordinary woman yeah exactly right yeah. Like she's just like she doesn't get a name like that's that's what they just like that's what the fandom i think calls her yeah um but yeah, like you do get these, like all these, these, these realizations, right? Of okay, this is this is like a like a like a kid who like was actively trying to you know make this not happen, right? Um, and and really touching on like the references of like okay, like let us wash the like the mud and the dirt off so we can go back out. Like that's like oh man, like I don't, like it just it it did hit so much different hearing it. Yeah, and also just seeing the kid like. Like at the like a flashback to the store, be like, I want the red shoes just like that. It was like, <sighs> yeah, like, that, come, it, come on, it was just, oof. yeah, dude. As soon as soon as I it was uh, it was Ragdoll that who you initially see, yeah, and I knew as soon as I saw Ragdoll, I was like, oh shit, like like here, like Koga's gonna show up at some point, right? And yeah, yeah there he is, like teary eyed and like yeah, talking about the shoes. Oh my and, god, and I, and I think the interesting thing is like that. He he could have been like a throwaway like character who's just like oh you know thanks Deku for saving me I'm gonna be here like you one day and then leaves forever but like we see him a lot he, he <laughs> appears he keeps yeah. coming back and like uh, again like this is the thing I really like about Horikoshi's writing sometimes is he keeps characters around who sometimes don't do that much because that's the way the world is sometimes like yeah. the people that you interact with they're around they're just gonna be around. Um, and sometimes they don't take the limelight, but they're still there. And that's how I feel about like Ragdoll, right? She's there. Yeah. And of course she would be taking care of the kid because that's because she doesn't have her power. And like all that just fits together so nicely. And it makes the world really feel living. And it makes moments like this feel natural, right? Because I think you could have, they could have forced the scene. They could have easily forced oh. the scene of like, hey, remember that kid you used to, you saved like last year? He's here now. Like it could have been that, but like, no, it's just natural that he's here. Yeah, because like that's this that's just like what's happening right now, right? There's there's no like there's no lead up to it. There's no nobody explaining why it is. It's just it's just existing. And like I think that's the big thing is that it's a living world. Like you know, it's not like once you once you like leave the zone, okay, like everybody like you know everybody fades into the background and that's it, right? Like I mean that's I think that's why we still have like so many characters in the class who like don't really have like a like a prominent feature and stuff like that. But you know, that's just it. They don't go anywhere. They're still there. So. Yeah, I think this is this is a great great representation of all these things. Like I would say I would say um ordinary girl is really the representation of the uh, like like I guess quote unquote force narrative of like this is somebody you helped and this is what it looks like sort of thing. Um it, but then you also have the 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 passive helping with like Koga and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well like 
that was ages ago. Like, you know what I mean? That was season two, technically. That was yeah. a year-ish. And I think in the real timeline, because um, it was the, like the fourth training arc and everything. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, it's just, it really, really just touches, like, it kind of covers all the bases. Now, you you did tell me, like, pre-episode that you had a rant about yes, it. Yes, I, it clicked. <laughs> it literally clicked. To, I And I don't know why it took me this long. Uh, everyone knows I like to dive really deep into like what what does this show mean? What are they trying to say here? And I felt so stupid watching this episode because I just got it because like there is like the what is the theme of like what what does it mean to be a hero? But like I actually know what the core theme is, and like it's it, it pissed me off so much. But this entire show is just about the power of friendship. Like it sounds like it's like yeah, obviously Dylan. No, it is about the power of friendship and how you can't do it alone. Because if you think about it, right? Because this episode is really culmination of saying like yeah, Deku's really special, but like. Just because of his quirk doesn't mean he's the one that's going to save us all. Like, we all have to come together. And they emphasize that because literally, one for all is the embodiment of you can't do it without your friends. Of this power, the only thing that was able to defeat um, one for uh, all for one is literally a power that is the culmination of other people's powers coming together. And, and I felt so stupid for not realizing that, but, like, that's it. That's it. That's it, dude. That's, that's literally it. Like, it. Yeah. Horikoshi uh, took a like a simple thing was like you can't do it alone. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna build an entire universe around this. Like, and I'm gonna make it work. And and they really like solidified that. And I think it was the last line. And he said, um, this wasn't the story about how like how I became the greatest hero, is how we all became the greatest heroes. And yeah. it was like that's it. That's Jeez. it. That's it. It's a wrap, dude. That yeah. we, we like we've cracked the code. Yeah, and it really, yeah, it really it is that right and you and it's so nice to see it represented in such a good way because we 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 had this in like very like minor bits and pieces i think leading up to this really through the previous seasons like i mean yeah deku could help from his friends but i mean like that that's just like typical shonen shit you know what i mean like that is that's very run-of-the-mill and stuff right yeah. but now you're actually seeing him actually trying to do it on his own and it just doesn't work yeah it, it there's no like long term it doesn't it doesn't pan out and like you you see that now represented which i think like you need that you need for this to this story to like have it as much credibility as it does you do need the main character to realize oh fuck i am power like i am not nearly as powerful if i don't have everyone around me because mm -hmm. that's kind of how my power works right like so it's uh yeah man it's uh it's a trip like it is it is a trip that like it is such a simple concept just delivered there is one massive moment uh Maybe more massive for us. I think we we always play them up because we we love them. We love um, them. We do love them. It's uh yeah. It's it's my hero's. I don't. I actually. I was gonna call him my hero's Deathstroke, but he is not that because Deathstroke is a massive piece of shit. Like <laughs> it, it's you know Stain. We 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 get our final. We get our ending moment off with Stain kind of shadowing um, All Might's car. Um. So and you know those two have a very complex relationship at this point so yeah what do you what are your thoughts on that what do you think that means yeah uh pre-poic that we were just talking about uh characters that you know are always just forever around um staying mm. right like he is forever that person that is like i describe him as like a dark shadow above this whole story sometimes because his 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 influence is literally felt like throughout the entire series people constantly refer to him as like the reason why they did whatever they did uh, hero or villain uh yeah I, I don't know. Um, I think Stain is such a wild card because there's so many different factors. He has never actually talked to All Might yet. Uh, and in mm -hmm. season one, that was his whole thing of like, he was going to kill the heroes because there was no true hero out there except for All Might. 
Yeah, and All so, Might was the only one. Since then, All Might has lost his quirk, though. And, yeah, I, I think it's just, like, a big question mark of, like, what what's going to go down here is... What what is Stain trying to get out of All Might from talking with him? Is it going to be confrontation and ask him like, what does it mean to be a true hero? Like, is he is he going to try to like usurp him or something and just like kill him? Like, yeah. What's what's his angle here? Yeah, and that's just it because like it, like I do feel like it's never as black and white with Stain like as as far as like motives and st- or like or actions like his actions are never just like. Like you see the stain initial, like this scene initially, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like, what's gonna happen to All Might? You know what I mean? But you know from Stain's character that like he's not just gonna off All Might. Like, that's not that's not how Stain works. Um, so yeah, it's like, what is he trying to achieve by like tailing and like potentially contacting All Might? Because this is now the second scene where we've seen Stain actively tailing him, right? So yeah. I mean. Um, I think yeah, it's gonna be like you, you just don't know. You don't know with him. Like you, you really don't. Yeah, uh, but like we. we I was Go gonna ahead. say we we do have one more episode after this, which we do. I I can only assume that that's what this next episode is gonna be about is what whatever is going to happen between them, right? Because it's a yeah. ends here, um, and then obviously whatever the setup for the next season is gonna be, probably. Yeah, and that's just it too, because like they like uh, as far as like pacing for a season, like they did they are starting to tie up loose ends and stuff like that like we do have the conclusion of Deku being welcomed back into UA, um, so like that closes that off like. All the here, like all the outlying heroes that like we weren't sure we're gonna end up back there, like Endeavor, Hawks, everybody like that, like they're now back in there. Um, you know, uh, Endeavor and Shoto had like a, a, a you know a fairly touching moment as well. Um, you know, so I think we are starting to see all these these threads kind of just you know like be tied up and everything, except for Stain and All Might. That is one big one. And then yes, of course, like I mean, we know, we know how this is gonna end. This is gonna end on a cliffhanger in some capacity or another. <laughs> it right? always does. <laughs> It always does. There's no way it does it, right? So, like, and what does that cliffhanger look like, right? So, uh, like, those are the two, I think, big things that are going to be covered our next episode. And then we get to wait around, and then we get our fucking filler episode like, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, we're, we're going to get the, the episode, and there's going to be some journalist in UA, uh, and he's going to be talking to, like, all the, the people there. It's like, tell me the, tell me about your favorite time uh, seeing the UA students. And it's like, oh, do you remember that time of when they all played uh, at the school festival? And it's going to be a flashback to it. No, it's gonna be uh, a flashback, yeah. I, I, I do think that, like, I don't know. There's something about, like, the vibe now that, like. I don't think we're going to get no, that anymore. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. think we're getting that anymore. I think I think we're getting mostly just straight episodes. I think if they're going to do any sort of, like, filler episode, it's going to have to still be, like, I don't know, still, like, relevant. something. It's going to have to be yeah. relevant. It's, it's going to be more of, like, um stuff that wasn't in the manga added on rather than just like a clip episode yeah i think yeah it's definitely gonna be stuff that i maybe was like omitted from like the manga to to the anime but i mean the anime is pretty good at doing panel for panel for the most part um so i don't know what they would really like fill that void with but yeah i do i do think we're past the point of filler i think yeah i think for the first episode at least and like i know we did get a mid-season one but even the mid-season one this this season was it, it, yeah. it really wasn't you know what i mean like it, it it wasn't it wasn't sort of thing at the same time so we are going to move into the last part of our episode dylan which is as always the plus ultra award who which we award every episode to either a concept character uh voice actor i think we've done as well at this point um 
like the meta staff not like you know like we've we've done everything at this point we've really done everything so i'm gonna like because it's just you and i i get to be a dickhead and hand it right back off to you yeah. so i feel like i got? i feel like i've been number one for picking for like the past couple weeks but anyways Andrew, it's Andrew always goes for you always goes for he you always goes for me because he knows i got the best I, I i do think it's it's uraka's va though like it just elevated the episode uraka's va uraka's va specifically okay. the voice actress like yeah, just yeah, yeah, for sure elevated the episode like yeah. I, I i think i think if you had a lesser voice actor this would have just been a very okay episode but because she is so good like this mm. is now like an emotional high point of the series and like I, again there's something in the air with this season and it's just rounding out so well and yeah just did an incredible job it, it turned an okay scene from us uh into an amazing scene yeah, because I think I do think this is like I mean it is of course a plus ultra moment for Uraka's character. Yes. Um, but like I mean, unfortunately, Uraka's kind of been I, I feel in some degrees mishandled sometimes. Yeah. So like I think really yeah her 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 VA does such a good job of like really cementing Uraka's character, uh in 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 throughout this episode really. So um yeah mad mad shadow to her like this is this is definitely she's definitely deserves it um. Uh, without a doubt, because it did take something that felt very flat in the manga and turned it into something exemplary in the in the season, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that basically wraps up this episode. We are now we're going to be back next week, and I think Dylan, it might I, just be you so, and I again. No. Uh, so I believe next week we're going to have all of us for the very last episode. Um, it is going to wrap up the same way that we wrap up every single season of where we'll do the last episode. And then after that, we'll kind of do like a whole up like seasonal recap where we'll yeah. talk about season six as a whole, um, break it down a little bit, talk about some of our favorite moments and honestly just like kind of bark out about season six and just use it as a moment to kind of celebrate just how good it was and just like shoot the shit around it. Uh, and then from there, we can do a little bit of speculating of like what's next, what's going to happen next, and then maybe a little bit of a, a preview of what's to come uh, from Class Money after that. Yeah, 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 really just, uh, yeah, it'll be a nice, like, very uh, less, like, regimented, more, uh, you know, speculation, like, you know, casual shooting the shit kind of thing, right? Like, which I think we, we I, you and I especially get in, like, down the rabbit hole oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, with, we, uh, we, we could make a five-hour episode if Andrew wasn't around. <laughs> Yeah, he really does. He's like, all right, I'm just going to throw the blinders on these these two idiots, and I'll just get them back on track. But no, that does it all for us here at the Class 1A Podcast. Uh, check us out on YouTube at uh, Class 1A Podcast? YouTube, oh my YouTube, God. YouTube is just Class 1A. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, no, I don't even know our own our own like shortcut, our own link. Uh, yeah, check us out there. We uh, yeah, you 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 can really see all of our previous season recaps just to, to kind of know what you're getting into for the next uh, next couple episodes as well. So with that, we will see you all next week. And uh, yeah, until then. <laughs>